Armstrong and Getty. The birthplace of talk radio. I hear all these idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. My gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. Look, tomorrow's Superstar Tuesday, and I want to thank you all. I tell you what, I'm rushing ahead, aren't I? And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. I'm from Studio C. Senor! So much bunting. The studio is just filled with bunting. Not gently tapping a ball into play on the infield, but the decoration bunting. Yes, red, white, and blue bunting. It's very festive in here. Dimly lit rube, deep within the bowels, etc., etc. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. The American voter. It's Super Tuesday in which 63 different states and five territories will cast their votes for something or other. From what I'm told. Some good analysis. Thank you. American Small will close their polls at 4 and we'll have full team coverage. Just remember, the people of American Samoa are Americans or Samoans or something. They're just like us, except in the ways that they're different. I'm looking up at Elizabeth Warren. She's uh, smiling and pointing and, and shaking hands as some state, hoping for another fourth or fifth place finish. All across the country, I guess. We'll vault her to mediocrity. I don't know. I don't know what she's up to. I tell you what she's up to, man. Man, I'm starting to sound like Joe Biden, man. The Democratic establishment went to Amy, went to Pete. They're going to Bloomberg saying, get out, get out, get out. And they're going to Liz saying, stay in, stay in, stay in. Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, trying to uh, divide the the lefty-left vote. So you think the power brokers of the Democratic Party are encouraging Elizabeth to stay in? At the very least, they're not discouraging her. Right. I've been watching on Twitter. I follow a bunch of musicians uh, on the Twitter. I have a special music account for that. And, and, and so many of them are way lefties. And so many of them have come out for Liz. A lot of them are West Coast based in California and Oregon about to vote and everything. And, uh, and so, uh, yeah, I've seen a real upsurge in, in support for Liz. So it's definitely, she's definitely dividing the lefty left vote. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we'll know t- t- tomorrow. Tomorrow we'll talk about the results, right? Sure. There's nothing to talk about really the day of. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying the bunting, but, uh, and we've got those red, white, and blue popsicles. What are those called? They're very, they're, Rocket, Rocket Pops? Pops. Rocket yeah. Pops. Yep. Very, Sean very bought a gross of them, which is probably more than we need. <laughs> that's enough. That's a, you that's, realize that's 140. for me. You realize it's 144 Rocket Pops. That's a, that's yeah. a lot of Rocket yeah, it's Pops. A whole, Rocket it's Pops. Super Tuesday all day. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be thirsty for a, a Rocket Pop later also. I have to admit, I heard another media outlet saying, we'll have coverage all day of Super Tuesday. Such and such reporting from such and such and but there, there's really nothing to report till tomorrow, honestly. I think results from California don't start to come in or become somewhat relevant until about 11 o'clock East Coast time. 
Right. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a long day for people trying to <laughs> catch all of it. Yeah, California is definitely one of the big stories. And there's a couple of different angles that are pretty interesting. Texas, um, they don't announce uh, the results. The last cow's back in the barn. <laughs> Does Bloomberg <laughs> do anything? Was that a complete waste of time and a half a billion dollars? Is he is he getting out by the end of the night, or is he uh, really in the mix? I heard I was watching MSNBC this morning, and uh, Joe and Mika, lovely couple, they declared it a two man race between Biden and Bernie. And I thought hmm. Bloomberg doesn't even apparently hmm. not. Okay, that's their well, party. Why don't we wait till tomorrow, <laughs> Mika? <laughs> you know, we'll all find out together. I'll tell you what. Don't go up against Bernie on MSNBC. You end up like Chris Matthews. You don't think that didn't send a message to every anchor out there? Don't go with your, what kind of socialist is Bernie? Line you up in Central Park and shoot you. Mm. You will not keep your job. Uh, More on that later, among other things. And plenty of non-politics. Plenty, 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 plenty. Um, What's going on with Syria and Turkey and Europe is really interesting. Glad I don't live over there and have to deal with it. Yeah, no kidding. But Turkey has said, all right, we're sending these refugees to you, Europe. They had made a deal with Europe in the past that they wouldn't allow them to pass through. But they're not taking that million that are uh, heading their way. They're (laughs) sending them to Europe. Europe's saying they can't come here. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Holy cow. Glad you weren't born a Syrian. Yeah, no kidding. Oof. Yikes. There is our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I do a good couple election notes. Um, if you're a voter and they have donuts there, please do not pick up the donuts. Just grab one, okay? Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. just courtesy. And don't touch them all with your coronavirus fingers either. Right. And I was just thinking, you get out of the car, you take a swib, uh, sip of whiskey, you open the door and you go into the office, because on Super Tuesday, you're a build weld campaign worker. <laughs> Yes, uh, Bill Weld has announced he might win five states against Trump today. Yeah, five states. We'll talk more about that later. Again, we'll all find out together. Well, that's just funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Had a a good day yesterday. It was a very eventful and action-packed weekend. So I used yesterday to kind of catch up on some of those. What are the things that I always forget? Responsibilities. I took care of some responsibilities <laughs> yesterday. Had some uh, some laundry backup that I that I tackled. I, I have a real bad habit. I don't do laundry when my laundry hamper is full. I do laundry when I no longer have clean clothes to mm, wear. There you go. As long as I have something to wear, what am I? I'm, that's tomorrow's. I problem. am wearing my last pair of socks. So <laughs> wow. I either, either need to buy socks. Or do laundry. I've done the former to avoid doing the latter. In I the have. Past. I have many times myself. I'm fairly I certain. I use some new socks. I think to myself, <laughs> I should bring you some socks. I am fairly certain. I would be willing to wager a substantial amount of money on this. I have socks I have not worn in twenty years. Really? Yes, I believe that to be the case. Yeah, dress socks. That I bought way back in the day for when I had to wear hard shoes. You're keeping them around in case you get that insurance salesman job, or particular (laughs) like pattern that you think is hard to find, like Santa playing golf on them or something. No, no, it's just sheer. uh, uh, What do you call it in physics? When something's rolling, it keeps rolling. Momentum? No, no, no. Inertia. Inertia. Sheer inertia. I don't know. They're just sitting there. Hmm. Something would have to happen to get them to not be in that drawer. <laughs> right. I have not applied that energy. Well, if you got room for them, there's no reason. So, yeah, the inertial forces have kept them there. I think that's the sort of thing you do when you're retired. Get rid of them? Go through your sock drawer, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, I, I, uh, Something to look forward to, isn't it? 
I yeah, I, I think, honestly... <laughs> That's why you're keeping those pennies, putting them away for future. I've tried to analyze my uh, hoarding uh, impulses, and I think it's just that I, we didn't have a lot of money when I grew up, and I didn't have a lot of clothes, and... And, you know, had the, the holy socks I'd wear and stuff like that. And so I see a perfectly good pair of socks, and I think I can't get rid of these. I hear you. I may need them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, if I were to count the number of socks in my drawer, uh, there could be a complete collapse of civilization. And it would be a very long time before I got down to those socks. <laughs> and yet they remain. There you go. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It's Tuesday, March 3rd, the year 2020, known as Super Tuesday, where Armstrong and Getty and we approve of this program. Let's begin now officially, according to FCC rules and regulations. Vote early, vote often, uh, Californians. Somebody needs to find that in Spanish uh, for me to pass on to all of the uh, people who shouldn't be registered yet are in Cal Unicornia. But wherever you are across the nation, let's begin the show precisely according to FCC rules and regs at Mark. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Super Tuesday. <laughs> All right, it's fun putting that one together. There you go. It's <laughs> Super Tuesday. Mm, mm. I like it. There's <laughs> any uh, chance you can uh, take care of my sock drawer next. How does a uh, mailbag look? Oh, it's fine dandy. Comes on the way ground, next. of course, if we ever get to it. Um, yeah, there are a number of things to tell you about today that I look forward to. And our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Boy, Steven Spielberg's daughter continues to struggle. You've been following her story for some reason. It's uh, uh, making its way to my news feed. Girl doing porn? Yeah. I don't, she got I arrested really over the weekend. Followed her. Oh, you didn't see that? No. It just goes to show you. I mean, yeah. So, so money, you know. In other words, I'm going to say some celebrity crap, some politics, some international intrigue, some uh, what's happening in school. Kids today? Kids today. Oh, boy. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> Late in the show yesterday, we shared a couple of uh, things about uh, Bernie's socialist plans that uh, received enormous, uh, you know, positive feedback from y'all. So you might have missed it if you lis- listen early. So we'll get to that. Cool. All on the well. way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. One thing we can be happy about is that finally, on March 3rd, Charlottesville, Virginia, will not be celebrating Thomas Jefferson's birthday. Oh, for goodness Thank sakes. God they've moved away from that, and they will now call it uh, Freedom Day or something in honor of the right. liberation of the slaves. No more celebrating the city Thomas Jefferson's from, even the statue and the college he founded and his home and all the stuff around there, but... Uh, no. Now, do away with that, because that is bad. Bad, bad, bad. Because he was of his period 250 years ago. Yeah. Okay. It's, an, it's an interesting move for a country. Mailbag. Got a few more details on that coming up later. Yeah, okay. We can discuss it then. David passing along his favorite Daniel Webster quote. Mm. Webster, a fascinating guy. New book out featuring him. And a couple other. It's called the Second Founding Generation, or something mm. like that. It's like yeah. the generate the, the generation of uh, you know lions right after the founding fathers. Mm. 
And Daniel Webster is in that crowd. Yeah, yeah, he was uh, definitely worthy of that uh, description. Uh, a bit more accommodating than some of his abolitionist brothers, but it's fine, we'll discuss him some other time. Here's what he said, though. Good intentions will always be pleaded for every assumption of authority. It is hardly too strong to say that the Constitution was made to guard the people against the dangers of good intentions. There are men in all ages who mean to govern well, but they mean to govern. Think about it. Think about it. Well, the uh, rationale for a living Constitution, the changes with the times, is that our intentions are good, so we should be allowed to change the Constitution at will. No, as Webster points out, that's the very thing it exists to protect you from. Think about it. I know Jack loves him a pie chart, writes Tom, who passed along a link, which we have in turn posted or are about to post at armstrongandgetty.com. I emailed it to you, Hanson. It is a complete global chart, clickable, with all of the cases of the coronavirus, the fatalities, who's recovered, that sort of thing. It's it's right up there. It's not a pie chart at all. Mm. It's just a chart, although it does have uh, circles on there, which I suppose if you're particularly pie-obsessed might look like pies to you, uh, yeah, Tommy it's, Weirdo. It's still a problem that of the 91,000 total, 80,000 number in China, and we don't have any idea if that number's close to correct, how many died. We don't know anything. Uh, and the numbers, certain. actually, that was the point I was going to make. Even the numbers in the most uh, carefully... Um, you know, assessed parts of the earth, including the United States, are utterly useless at this point because it's more and more the thinking among medical pros that there are many people kicking around with this thing who are either just mildly sick or hardly have symptoms. They think they have a cold and they'll be just fine. So nobody's reporting it. Nobody's testing it. Nobody has any idea what the actual numbers are. Six deaths in the United States so far? Yeah, clustered in King County, uh, Seattle mostly. Um, and I believe all of those people were uh, immune compromised or in terrible health or very old. So <clears throat> anyway, it's it's kind of an interesting chart to click on uh, for what it's worth. Let's see. Uh, this person is uh, ranting on and on about their local station. I'll just say local station. Sad that local station could broadcast a show as pitiful as yours. You, I've got to sort through because there's a lot of typos, but you both are the most immature lying POS on radio, and your horrible immature words are part of why this country is in such a divided state. Very sad. We'll campaign against station until you are gone. Well. Very sad. I, I, you know who I think this is? Trump. Donald J. (laughs) Trump. That's just like your opinion, man. Right. Thank you for the constructive criticism, though, sir or madam. Coronavirus bunkers now, writes Jeff. The grocery stores are out of water and toilet paper. Yeah. Then he says, Joe's idea of getting a bidet sounds more and more necessary. Serves both functions. That's an interesting aside. But I'll be locked in my basement making four-ply into single-ply that lasts four times as long. I suggest that you all do the same. And they're from his local uh, warehouse store. Empty shelves with the water in the TP were, or nearly empty. Yeah, I, I wonder, if is there a genetic component to this? Yeah, I was just reading about that. You're either the sort of person that has stocked up on water and all this different sort of stuff, or done nothing. Because it seems to be a lot of one or the other. Mm-hmm. Well, they mentioned that the classic panic panic, where people run around screaming, is practically... Ah! 
I'd run right. around like this, waving my hands in the air. That, see, that's practically unknown. Hmm. After disasters, attacks, 9-11, whatever, people generally behave quite rationally and calmly. Hmm. I mean, now, if there's direct life-threatening danger, you run as fast as you can, but... Once you're out of that danger, people don't run around like lunatics, but they said the second layer of it is the, I better be safe. And you see other people prepping, you don't want to be the only one who doesn't, and that's what empties store shelves, whether it's rational or not. I do not. not mind being the only one who's not prepping for the coronavirus. <laughs> I am not buying extra water or milk or bread, or I, anything, really. Under what circumstance would I need water? I, I don't know. If the water system shut down? I don't know. Drink out of my pool, I guess. I have a pool. Sorry. One percenter. Let's see. We're talking about (laughs) drink out of your pool. (laughs) How genital preference. Would you lay down like on the cement with your head hanging over? Or what am I? Would you walk in? I got a cup. (laughs) What am I? An ape? I have cups. Or would you walk in until the water was up to your mouth and drink it that way? No. (laughs) I would scoop water out of it (laughs) with my arm and my my thumb, my, my, uh, uh, you know. What do you call it? An oppositional thumb? Mm-hmm. Like Joe Biden over here. Uh, let's see. We're talking about how genital preferences are transphobic, according to the woke crowd. Big Mike writes, I'm an untransitioned trans female lesbian, and other lesbians are transphobic bigots and don't seem to want the D. Even my powerlifting trophies won't woo them. Want the D. Big Mike, never use that phrase again. <sighs> but yes, if you identify as that, and they're the, no, they probably don't want it. So they're bigots. Super Tuesday update. Come. The Armstrong and Getty Show. up for Biden, but it doesn't mean it's a done deal, right? He still has opponents in this race. Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and billionaire in a booster seat, Mike Bloomberg. (laughs) But the most difficult opponent Joe Biden still has to overcome is himself. Biden in a good position, but his campaign is still plagued by more gaffes. All right, Jack, thank you very much. Uh, All right, Uh, it's Chris, but anyway. I just did Chris. (laughs) No, no, I I just did Chuck. I tell you what, man, these are back to back. Look! Tomorrow's Superstar Tuesday, and I want to thank you all. We hold these truths to be self-evident. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. Yo, this is not good. Just in the past 24 hours. Joe has gaffed everything, from the name of a TV anchor he was talking to, to the Declaration of Independence. And the name thing on its own is bad, because interviews are are sort of like sex. It doesn't matter how well it goes, if you call the person the wrong name at the end, the whole thing is ruined. (laughs) Um, Well, I have to stay consistent. I've never thought glib should be the number one... uh thing you want out of a president but. no but there are limits uh, uh no doubt <laughs> how bad so, can somebody be every major presidential candidate is now a septuagenarian meaning you're in your 70s warren trump biden bloomberg sanders that are all your major candidates running right now and they are in that order 70 73 77 78 and 78 
Wow. Something we've never done before. Nope. So, for better or worse. It's amazing. And uh, I don't feel any sort of weird belligerence toward the 60-year-olds of America. What is a 60-year-old, though? I don't know what to think. They've barely gotten out of their parents' basement. <laughs> no, 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 but nobody thinks that. It's odd. There's no dynamic senator with a little gray around the temples or a, you know, a woman of, of, of esteem and experience out there. Now you got to be old as hell. Hmm. No um, offense to our 70-year-old friends, and I have quite a few, but... No, but I wouldn't vote for you for public office. And no that's offense, though. And, and most people in the older demographics are the ones that say, no, you shouldn't be. Yeah. I, well, it depends on the person. I don't have any problem with a 70-year-old, honestly. No, It's, it's getting seems... toward the older window of, of okay, but 78 starts to really get my attention. For instance, Bloomberg and Warren don't seem like there's anything at all. Or Bernie, for that matter. Bernie sounds, if you watch old clips of Bernie, he sounds exactly the same as he did. He's gurglier, yes. but in terms of his thought process, he doesn't sound any different. We're not looking for a national tenor, Jack. We're looking for a president. <laughs> yeah. yeah, good. I just got a couple of uh, numbers from Nate Silver of 538 because he crunches all the numbers of this stuff, and then we'll move on to something else. It's Super Tuesday, we got no results till the, till tonight, and then we'll talk about it tomorrow. Um, but uh, he he now has the the odds of getting the nomination at even between Biden and Sanders at one and two, uh, breaking down the polls where they are now and where they are in the delegate count. And uh, if Biden would do three to four better points better tonight than he's projected to do in polls. Which he could, because, you know, he won in South Carolina. The polls might be lagging behind. I, I think there's a very good chance of that, an unusually good chance. So if nationally... Given, given that electability is such a big question. Yeah, the the wild card in that is how many people voted right. early. Yep. That's the, the, the problem with early voting. You vote before you got all the information. But anyway, if Biden does three to four points better across the board nationally tonight and bernie does two points worse that which is as he said which is a modest movement that's not acting expecting anything crazy no no biden three to four points better bernie two points worse we'd end up with a tied delegate count at the end of the night probably and then you're gonna have one heck of a race with all the establishment behind biden as uh i don't know if you saw it but Buttigieg and klobuchar the most notable came out and endorsed him mayor pete and and biden had quite a moment on stage i thought but um We'll see. We'll see. And does that matter to anybody? I don't know. I have no idea. I missed that. What sort of moment? Uh, affectionate? Uh, romantic? It was, uh, it, was, it was very genuine. Two decent people who don't play the ugliest version of politics. Ah, yeah. Um, okay. uh, and, uh, and and Biden gave a little speech about how uh, Buttigieg reminded him of Bo, his his late son, oh, who died of brain cancer, nice. and yeah. and uh, that's the kind of young person, and blah blah blah. And they both have obviously had affection for each other, and it was mm. it was the sort of thing you don't see in politics a lot. Mm. I thought. What's Joe Biden's other son's name? Hunter. Hunter Biden. Which uh, which gets to that uh, Thomas Sowell quote of how can you how can you expect the government to make things equal between people? When you have Bo and Hunter Biden, who would appear to have taken two completely different paths in life, right? Roughly the same age, same parents, right? Same opportunities, same everything. If you can't have equal outcomes within a family, how in the world are you going to impose it on an entire society? Right. Hey, back to the early voting thing. I, I, you know, just having go- uh, noodled it through for a moment or two, it seems infinitely clear to me. The only reasonable thing is to wait until the very last moment to vote. Because you have the most information. Voting a couple of weeks early seems like a terrible idea to me, particularly in a, dyna- a dynamic field where people are dropping out or 
or if you're ex- just entirely concerned with uh, beating Trump, you're lacking a couple of weeks of information or a week of information on who seems best poised to do that. It's just it seems like a dumb idea to vote early, but if you didn't invest, you <clears throat> if you didn't invest over the weekend, you waited too long. The Dow saw its biggest ever single point, single day point gain yesterday. It's oh. back, baby. America's back. Bing, bing, bong, take that, bong, bing, bing, China. Bing. That that was about as good as the uh, market information you yell at on the TV. <laughs> it's sure that's terrible. Exactly. That's what all this information. Don't listen to him. The Dow is back, baby. The uh, the Too biggest latest. single day point gain in Dow history. So there you go. Ignore the fact that we regularly say anything tied to points is stupid. Well, and it went it's down thirteen percent, and it's come back five. That's we're back, baby. All right, <laughs> all right. There you go. Words to live by and invest by. Mm-hmm. Hey, coming up on the show, we'll squeeze this in when we can. The most thorough and careful. Look at what helps you recover from a workout best. What will... Oh, what now? What? (laughs) Those of us who who actually exercise or play sports or whatever, what helps you recover best to increase your performance in the future? Gal looked so deeply into this, tried everything, and, and looked into all the science and actually wrote a book about it. What should you be swigging slash icing slash stretching slash doing mm. after a workout? Okay. It's, it's very thorough, and uh, the answer will shock you. So stay with us for that. Also, uh, coming up next, a piece by, surprisingly to me, Fareed Zakaria of uh, CNN fame. He, you know, in his defense, he took the gig at CNN before CNN was completely a joke. I've always been a Fareed Zakaria fan. Yeah, he's a very smart guy. I find myself disagreeing with him a fair amount, but he's always thought-provoking, and he's always reasonable. Uh, and and it, the title of... Uh, he did actually a segment on his show, which then was just repackaged as an editorial in the Washington Post, entitled Bernie Sanders' Scandinavian Fantasy. The long and short of which is when Bernie looks to Denmark, Sweden, and Norway as examples of the economic, you know, utopia he wants to bring in, what he's saying they are, they aren't. His utopian country doesn't exist. There are no examples of it. According to Fareed Zakaria, we'll fill in some of the blanks next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Best thing you can do for yourself is stop touching your face, according to experts. That, among other things, on the way on this Super Tuesday. Isn't it super? I feel super. Every Tuesday is super if your attitude is right, Jack. Bernie Sanders' Scandinavian fantasy. According to Fareed Zakaria, who is no right winger. Definitely not. No. Senator Bernie Sanders says his proposals are not radical, pointing again and again to countries in Northern Europe like Denmark, Sweden, and Norway as examples of the kind of economic system he wants to bring to the U.S. And might I interject, if you you get into an argument with a socialist-leaning friend, they will always bring up these countries as examples of what we should be like. Always. 
And the image they conjure up is of a warm and fuzzy social democracy in which market economics are kept on a tight leash through regulation. The rich are heavily taxed and the social safety net is generous. That, however, is an inaccurate and highly misleading description of those northern European countries today. Take billionaires. Sanders has been clear. Billionaires should not exist. But Sweden and Norway both have more billionaires per capita than the U.S. and Sweden almost twice as many. I'm sorry. I just didn't know. Not only that, these billionaires are able to pass on their wealth to their children tax-free. Inheritance taxes in Sweden and Norway are zero. In Denmark, 15%. The U.S., by contrast, has the fourth highest estate taxes in the industrialized world at 40%. Which is outrageous. We're already way harder on billionaires in a lot of ways than the the society's birdie points. We have fewer of them and punish them more. Right. Sanders' vision of Scandinavian countries, as with much of his ideology, seems to be stuck in the 60s and 70s, a period when these countries indeed were pioneers in creating a social market economy. In Sweden, for instance, government spending as a percentage of gross domestic product doubled from 1960 to 80, going from approximately 30% of the the gross domestic product to 60%. But what happened? As Swedish commentator Johan Norberg points out, this experiment in Sanders-style democratic socialism tanked the Swedish economy. Between 1970 and 95, he notes, Sweden did not create a single net new job in the private sector. No job growth, not one in 25 years. In 1991, a free market prime minister, Carl Bildt, initiated a series of reforms to kickstart the economy. And by the mid-2000s, Sweden had cut the size of its government by a third and emerged from its long economic slump. It is something else that the very countries Bernie points to have tried his stuff and realized it was a disaster. Oh, my God. Um, then he talks about these uh, reforms took place all over Northern Europe and ended up with what they have now, which is absolutely a, a generous safety net. But he mentions a, a leader in Denmark, one of the prime ministers, emphasized that the first part of the model was key, ensuring employers had the flexibility to hire and fire workers easily without excessive regulation or litigation. Kind of an anti-France, anti-public union situation. In addition, he stressed, countries like Denmark had to stay extremely open, big free trade. Um, And when looking across Northern Europe today, one finds many innovative market-friendly policies like educational vouchers. Imagine that, school choice. Healthcare deductibles and co-pays and light regulatory burdens. None of these countries, brace yourselves, friends, none of these countries, Bernie points to, has a minimum wage. That's amazing. Now, it's true these countries have a generous safety net, and in order to fund it, high taxes. What's not often pointed out, however, is in order to raise enough revenue, these taxes fall disproportionately on the poor, middle, and upper middle class. You! Democrat has, uh, I'm sorry, not Democrat, Denmark, has one of the highest top income tax rates in the uh, OECD's uh, you know realm of all the countries in that organization. It's about 56%. 56%, but that rate is applied to anyone making 1.3 times the average national income. Let me bring it home. In the U.S., that would mean any income above $65,000 would be taxed at a rate of 56%. Which would be, you'd have a, a revolt on your hands if you tried that in the United States. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? And if, should. If you and your sweetheart were both making, say, sixty grand. Well, everything really above that one salary, 
the government would take close to two-thirds of by the time your state taxes were included, it, there would be no incentive to do that work. What do you think that does to the economy? Anyway, in fact, the highest tax rate in the U.S., 43.7%, applies to income that is 9.3 times the national average, which means that only those with incomes over approximately half a million dollars pay this rate. The biggest hit to the poor and middle classes in Northern Europe comes, though, because they, like everybody else, pay a national sales tax, a value-added tax, of about 25% on top of those other taxes we were talking about. Final stat. Now, this is a little old, and it's actually gotten worse, but uh, an OECD study, that's the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, found that the top 10% in the United States pay 45% of all income taxes. And again, that number has actually gotten bigger, but we'll go with 45 for now. While the top 10 in Denmark pay 26%, and in Sweden, 27%. Among wealthy countries, the average is 32%. The basic point is worth underlining because the American left seems largely unaware of it. Uh, clearly, clearly, that that is that destroys the whole narrative you hear in any of these conversations. Time for the rich to pay their fair share, like they do in Denmark. Where do I sign up for that? They pay more in the U.S. than in any of these countries, and a good deal more. The United States has a significantly more progressive tax code than Europe, and its top 10% pays a vastly greater share of the country's taxes than their European counterparts. And not only is the American left largely aware of it, the American center and right are largely unaware of it, too. We have all bought the fiction because uh, I will tell you this. Part of the problem is that news coverage is, and you'll see it all day long today, about the horse race and not about the ideas, not about the policies. Nobody fact check. All they do is check whether what Trump said was true. How about whether the Scandinavian fantasy of Bernie has any basis in fact? What I don't doesn't. What I don't get is how uh, Bloomberg, especially uh, on the debate stage, didn't have some of that info to throw back at Bernie. I wonder if they just think it's too complicated. Or Biden or Pete. Uh, if you go more than an inch deep, you'll confuse voters and they don't, don't won't, won't know what to do. Well, I, I, suppose I you, don't know. I suppose you couldn't be on the side of saying we we need to go easy on the rich. I mean, that's never going to get you the nomination. Envy has always been one of the most powerful forces in politics. and And it's almost always successful uh, to use that. Uh, breaking news, Judge Judy has just come out in endorsement of Mayor Bloomberg. Oh! On the uh, morning of Super Tuesday, she came out with that uh, announcement. So we'll the see if tough that... Token, talking old hag. Will that move the needle? Out. So I could teach anybody to be a farmer. There you go. It sorts out disputes between roommates over whose dog peed on whose bed and who owes whom $30. <laughs> that great arbiter of American justice. What did we find out Judge Judy made yesterday? Uh, she makes 40, $47, million, 47 a million a year. She announced on Ellen yesterday that her show is ending, but now she's starting a new Judge Judy show for a different network. Same show. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. She just come, couldn't come to an agreement, apparently. Yeah. Forty-seven million a year. Judge Judy is the highest-paid person in television. That's, that's amazing. She is a, a guru, an entertainer does of she, the unwashed masses. I don't know if I've ever actually seen an episode of Judge Judy. She, does she need to even break a sweat to record one of those? Oh no, no. Would require no prep. Effortless. Or... Oh no, no. That's why I want the gig. <laughs> I think I'd be so good you at that show. You just sit there and two halfwits tell you their story and you come down on one side I of the other. I would crack wise, check, natch, and uh, 
<laughs> and and castigate them for being idiots. Please, it's the role I was born to play. Well, what? Why does she do it better than other people? She's smart, snarky, has no patience. Was she kind of first in on that thing? Because that makes a big difference. That's yeah. That's that's the big. Uh, that's a huge part. So of like that. on your YouTube channels for various things, first in is huge. Yeah. There's there's a bunch of examples that I could hit you with, but the the people that did it first, they're the giant. Got all the viewers, millionaires, and there are better ones out there, but they they just never catch on. Didn't get the critical mass when yeah. people were turning their friends onto it. Yeah, right. So she was first in on the you whole know, judging think, thing. Yeah, that's she's, what she's you need very to do good then. at it. You got a time machine. You go back to right before Judge Judy, and you start a judging show. That's what you do. Yeah, yeah. No kidding. You I don't would go do me- that. meet Jesus or Lincoln. You do this. The barber shop where I get my hair cut. Uh, I suppose I could have just said the barber shop where I go. Why else would I go there? Anyway, they're always my oil changed. They're, they're always showing judging shows, uh-huh. and some of them are pretty good. There's one that, uh, well, I won't tell you what they call it there because it's kind of demeaning. But um, <laughs> the various judges are decent, but they're not as good as Judge Judy. Yeah, she's ex- really good. I don't expect demeaning language out of my barbers. She's a she's a bitter old hag. I tell you what, but she's perfect for the role because these people need nothing more than a slapping. What you need to do is stop touching your face and stop buying masks and stop buying buying toilet paper and fresh water. These are all orders we're being given, and I agree with these. Where do you live in the Sahara? Water comes out of the faucet. <laughs> and we got plenty of toilet paper. Don't worry about it.